Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. This is the longest month of the year. No, it's not. No, but like, you ever feel like January just goes on forever? I have a, I have a segue because it's going to take a couple of minutes. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. So I don't need to deal with your assorted month. <laughs> All right. Stories. Well, I mean, it is one twelfth of the year, I suppose. I've done it. I've reached the peak. I've climbed the mountain. Oh God. Maybe. Well, you certainly didn't get a haircut. <laughs> no. I bought my Grail piece. You bought your Grail piece. Yeah. Is uh, it the cup of a carpenter? <laughs> If you are a collector of any sort, then you are probably aware of the terminology of grail piece. Like me, like the thing you want more than anything else in this world. But uh, a grail piece generally referred to as like the thing like you want. Like if I could add anything to my collection. Is this from, did you finally get a page from your first comic book ever? Well, I have a couple of them already. Okay, yes. Can you just let the story kind of happen? Sorry. It just shows that I pay attention when you talk most of the time. (laughs) The answer is, yes, I got it. So I don't have it yet. It's a... it's in the process of shipping, so it's not in my actual hands. But the way this went down is I'm a comic art collector. I'm not like a huge, huge, huge art collector. Uh, I've you know spent my trenches in the comic art auction world. I can tell you from experience, it's about the same thousand people that are basically, when you're looking at sales and profits or whatever, it's basically the same thousand people just kind of like cycling through their own stuff to try and buy something else. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there are tiers in there. There's people who grab a couple things here and there. It's like, oh, I'm going to grab a commission or whatever. Like, Or like, oh, I found like this page. I got one or two. But I, I would consider myself like a middling art collector. Like, I'm not going to have the greatest stuff in the world, but I got enough to buy a pretty good car. Like, on a scale of like one to Scooby-Doo and the guys in the Mystery Machine, what level of middling are you? Because well, the- those meddling kids screwed a lot of things up. <laughs> well, like that top 1% of like... Those thousand guys, those are the guys that are cycling through the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, okay, this piece is worth, like, you know, six figures. Like, it's a thousand people essentially cycling through that. And then there's below that. And I am definitely below that, but I'm definitely above your base level. I got some stuff. Um, so you're a mid level middler. <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing crazy. I'm the middle class of art collector. Okay. That's fine. Anyway, as upper, you were saying, <laughs> upper middle class of art collector. <laughs> so, what is your Grail piece specifically? Uh, my Grail piece is I wanted to find the best page from my first comic, mm-hmm. and you know I'm not that old, so like a lot of people like who deal with like the like high level stuff, like their early stuff is you know like 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, like that stuff goes for more. My first piece is from the 90s, so uh-huh. we're dealing with it can get pricey, but depending on what it is, not insane. Okay. If you go on the internet and you find my first comic, Sensational Spider-Man number 12, uh, you will find four pages online. I own three of them now. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is out of 22. I've contacted um, basically everyone involved with the first issue. So and- 10% of the book you own. Yeah, close. Well, uh, three uh, out of, you know. 22. What, 22. So that's over 10%. Like, I've contacted the penciler. He doesn't have anything. I contacted the inker. That was very hard to find because he's no longer in the industry, hasn't been in a long time. And mm-hmm. I was able to figure out that he's a college professor now. Oh. Contacted him. He was like, yeah, I either sold all this or tossed it. So I'm like, oh, God, you might have tossed like literally half this book. Because usually when you're talking about how art gets broken up after the fact, especially back in the day when it was just like, you know, one thing. 
would be like a pencils, inks on top of it. They usually get split get get split fifty fifty. More modern stuff where you can scan it. You might have a book that okay, well you have pencils, but then they scanned it, and then there is a different page that has uh, a reproduction of the pencils, and then inks on top of that. But back from like '90s stuff and before, it was just you know pencils and inks on top of each other. So I'm like, I don't know how many are out there based on what this inker said. Uh, a couple of years ago, though, my Grail page shows up okay online. I'm like, holy shit, because I, I have like notifications and stuff. Like if it, <laughs> you've got you've got a network out there, a uh, dragnet, if you would. I have tried. Like I said, I, I got I got three out of four pages that I've ever seen now. Okay, and this one is including one of them. But I emailed this guy. I was like. And it specifically says, like, this page is not for sale. Um, this is something that I bought. My kids really love this page. I'm like, fuck. Like, goddamn kids. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, but I still, not for sale. So I still email the guy. I'm like, look, I understand that you say it's not for sale. This is a page from my uh, very first comic. I specifically try and hunt these things down. Like, for me, as an art collector at this point, like, I have some good pieces. Like, I got a couple of Kirby pieces. I got a couple of big pages yeah yeah i don't have any covers anymore i've sold all i've I've had covers i've ended up selling them to cover basically kirby stuff but Mm -hmm. you know i if the house burns down i know what i'm grabbing (laughs) kind of deal is the order the pages your wife and then kirby or is it the pages your you know kirby then your wife are you saying emily fend for yourself i'm telling her to get the animals and i know what i'm grabbing from my collection because i know what stuff is valuable it's also one of those funny things is like because you know, dealing with a store and dealing with my world and like the auction world, like a lot of people with their collections have no idea what they have. I have a very good idea of what I have. Okay. <laughs> so this page comes up and it's like, you know, my kids love it, blah, blah, blah. I still, I sent the guy a message. I'm like, hey, you know, and he sends me a very polite email back. He's like, you know, I'm not interested in selling at this point, but you know, I'll keep you in mind of the future. I'm like, great. Is this when you put a horse head in his bed? <laughs> yeah. Did you make him an offer he couldn't refuse? I let a year pass. Okay. I'm like, hey, you know, just throwing this out there again. Like, if you're interested in selling it, you know, it's something I'm still interested in. Yada, yada, yada. Cut to like five months later. The guy emails me. He's like, hey, I'm ready to sell it. So, and also, I have this. So, did like, you know, hopefully nothing bad happened to his family, but like, he's got like an unexpected, like, you know, bill or something, maybe. I can tell you. I mean, it's not, I'm not really sharing, I think, because I'm not like going with the guy's information uh, uh, yeah. there is an original comic art expo specifically happening in florida this coming weekend he's going to that so i think he just wants some spending money oh some spreading around cash yeah so he emails me and he's like hey i'm, I'm ready to sell it now and in my mind there are kind of three different prices there's again i have a lot of experience in the comic art auction world so there's the price that i think it's worth the price that I'm willing to spend and the price that I think he's going to ask me because I did flat out tell him in my first email, like, look, this is a page from my first book. I like to collect pages from this. And uh, my wife was like, you shouldn't have told him that because he's, no. he's going to up it a couple hundred. You just gave away all, you gave him all the leverage. I did, 100%. But he emailed me and I now, don't, now I, I know how to negotiate with you. I don't like talking, I'm not going to give a specific price. No, 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 no. What he sent me was less than half of what I was willing to spend and I was willing to spend quite a bit <laughs> and i was just like there was no negotiation I'm like yep got it happy to buy it <laughs> maybe he's got maybe he has loan sharks after him maybe he's in some sort of distress with <laughs> and i wonder uns- unsavory like, and seedy people when i emailed him back i wonder if he was like i wonder how much more i could have got the answer is more than double what i paid you <laughs> is that what he said no but i wonder if that was in the back of his head he's like i'd be willing to let it go for this i was like oh my god this is a steal even and, if it and w- you didn't try and work him down any further no you're no. like 
boom, done. Yeah, I, I would. He, he clearly has never seen an episode of Pawn Stars. <laughs> I would have paid so much more. But it's packaged up. It's on the way. It's a couple states away right now. I have been. So that explains checking. why you had the FedEx. Oh, page you saw. Up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you I was saw like, that on my computer. Like, why is he looking at a FedEx site and hitting refresh repeatedly? Yeah, that's why. Oh, okay. There you go. So you don't like to hear that there's nasty weather coming towards the Northeast that might delay the delivery of your. It's supposed to be here tomorrow. And by tomorrow, I mean the day this podcast is released to the masses versus the Patreon so, people. So Thursday. It's supposed to be here Wednesday. Wednesday. It's Tuesday right now. Oh, that's right. But- it's supposed to be here Wednesday. Um, if I get it, okay. I promise you it will be on my uh, Twitter. Uh, I can't wait to just, you know what? I'm going to call in sick to work tomorrow, and I'm going to try and intercept the uh, the FedEx guy. But yeah, I got, it's crazy. Though. I got my I got my grail piece. It's not here yet. And there's still like, I got to deal with like maybe... Something happens in shipment, maybe it's damaged, maybe the guy shipped me the wrong fucking thing. But by all intents and purposes, like I literally for all of like my collection, which I only really consider myself to be an art collector and a uh, Ninja Turtles uh, Mirage collector. Uh-huh. Although you might look around this house and my wife tells me all the time, I'm like, I'm not really uh, this collector. She's like, yes, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. You are a collector. Well, I... I mean, you can look at this room. I'm like, I'm not a toy collector. My wife's like, yes, sir. I'm like, I am not a toy collector by any stretch of the imagination. I would, I would argue to the contrary. I would not. It's like, you're I, a, okay, maybe you're like more of a figurine collector. I would also say I'm not like a graphic novel, col- like I'm not a comic collector, but I get like a shit ton of graphic novels. And I like to get them in like their like priciest form for whatever reason. Like, give me the heart. Give me your most expensive hardcover. That is exactly, that's 100% collecting. That's a collecting trait. Like, <clears throat> You have a, a wall. I would say that that bookshelf that I stare at every every week for an hour is probably, what, five by five? And it's it's freighted. It's uh, full. If I were I to mean, guess, that, there's probably 150 books on that wall. I, I couldn't even. I've never bothered figuring out the value of what I have in graphic novels. I can see, like, in the span of, like... I know what I have in Turtles books. Right now, without doing a ton of counting, just Turtles books... If I go to, I'm not even counting the graphic novels. I'm just saying my floppies. The ones that I can kind of see that are like enumerated. Whatever. It's not important. I'm just saying there's like 50 books that are just turtles books, like right there. I get to see 50 books. Well, just graphic. You're just talking graphic novels. (laughs) You're just talking my floppies. My floppies are where the money is, Um, and that's where like if the house said no man ever. Oh, if the house gets set on fire, I I know where those books are, and I'm like, get them out of the house. I'm throwing them out like in a box. Like this is the money. This is the this is my life savings. Yeah, I got my grail piece. That's crazy. Yes. I can't believe it. Well, congratulations. We'll see. It's not here yet. It's it's supposed to be here tomorrow, but oh fuck me. Like talk about like sign of a happy childhood. Like it's just Was that you? Are you it's my favorite fucking thing. Like that I've like physical favorite fucking thing that I own should or that I don't even own yet. It should be here tomorrow. And I fuck me, I can't wait. All right, that's that. Um, All right. How long did I ramble? A long time. Too long. But that's okay. Uh, You're excited about it, and you should be excited about it. So, well, there's that. So, if you listen to the show, I mean, you know, maybe you're like halfway interested, and then you like get this kind of like spark, like I should go buy my Grail thing, or, yeah, or my I should add to my collection. But yeah, we got uh, news of the week, uh, weird comics facts, sports reports. We're talking the first Elseworlds story, and uh, my my own question. We're not asking your questions this week. It's mine. Okay. All right. So we're gonna move on from there straight to the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Let it become extinct. Let it die. Stop sparing an expense. Oh, more Jurassic Park? 
There is a new uh -oh. Jurassic Park movie from uh, the original screenwriter of the original Jurassic Park and The Lost World, David Nope, and I would like to say, David Nope, stop doing these things. Nope, stop it. Or I whatever. I don't know if I appreciate that joke. Anywho, yeah, it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. It fell apart. I wrote the name, and I'm like, I can do a Nope thing there, and then I, I didn't. Uh, I failed. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to be a complete reboot because the last one ended. It was a bunch of bugs and just dinosaurs were on the earth. And look, the Jurassic World movies were terrible. The first one, I guess, is fine. And then it fell off such a cliff, an irredeemable cliff of just crap, that they're doing a hard reboot of the franchise. And my question kind of is why? I mean, like, we've done this six times, plus video games, plus comics, plus... TV movies. Do you know plus, why? Because all the things I'm saying. Life finds a way, Zach. Just let it. It's look. Even the second one. That's a Spielberg movie. I love Spielberg. Greatest living director. Yeah, that's a piece of shit movie. It's not good. <laughs> no, there. There's one incredible one, and I love that one. Stop it. Just stop it. That's what I have to say. All right, there you go. Here's someone with some balls. All right, Kenya Barris, who is the creator of Blackish. Mm -hmm. He is in the midst of two remakes. Like I said, the balls on this guy. He is remaking The Wizard of Oz, and It's a Wonderful Life. Buddy, you were just opening yourself up. Why? We, uh, I mean... Well, I... Here's the thing. Like, Return to Oz sucked. The Wiz, meh. Kenny Barris is a black uh, filmmaker. Yes. And basically what he's doing is he's going to take both of these things and doing them from a different perspective. And that's the only way I think these can work. Like, Wizard of Oz is going to be in Kansas. It's going to be, like, a shitty apartment complex in Englewood. Okay. Um, and It's a Wonderful Life is going to be taken from a black perspective as well. And I think that's kind of the only way that you can do these things. Like, you, um, let's use, I don't know why this is the first example that popped into my head, but, like, Tim Burton's Willy Wonka movie. It doesn't oh, work because yeah. it's a remake of something that we love. It's not really a spin. But mm. if you can take The Wizard of Oz, if you can take It's a Wonderful Life, and you can keep... The essence? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say feeling, but essence, yes. The exact same kind of thing. But like, If you can keep what you're feeling in those movies and you can tell them from a different point of view, I think that's the only real good way to do remakes. Like, There's been so many cheap and easy ones. I don't know, like Total Recall. It was just Total Recall, but what if it was Colin Farrell? That's not interesting because it's just the same movie, but worse. Consider it a divorce. <laughs> Get your ass to Mars. But if you can do The Wizard of Oz, if you can do It's a Wonderful Life and take them in a, like, uh, spin them to a different point of view, that's the only way to do it that would make any sense in my brain. And I think it is a big ask to do those movies because, mm -hmm. boy, like, you're just like, yeah, beloved movies. I'm going to remake them. That's a lot. And also, like, the acceptance that whatever you do will not be as beloved. But when your scale is, like, one of the most beloved things of all time to, like, being, like, good or accepted, like, that's that's quite a step down. But until we see them, I'm not going to yeah. judge them. And I, I don't know, or think about, like, the Psycho remake, which is, like, the Gus Van Sant one. It was just, like, a shot-for-shot shot remake like that. Yeah. And Gus Van Sant is really good. Yeah, and it, it just, it doesn't. It doesn't scratch the itch that you're looking for there. Not that I'm really looking to have an itch scratched on Wizard of Oz or It's a Wonderful Life. You know, I will remain, I'm not even going to say cautiously optimistic. I will remain open <laughs> until I see what the product is. I like it. Again, I understand like the nostalgia pull, but it's nostalgic because of what the original thing was. We don't, I think like you said, the chances of it working are going to work better if it's something that is a, a fresh spin on it. I think that's, 
you know, we've talked about it before, like somewhat part of the problem with The Force Awakens. It's almost like a remake of New Hope in a lot of ways. It kind of mimics it. But the, again, the end, I mean, I still liked it. I mean, I did too, but that's not a new spin. That's just, no. that, that was meant to be like a comfort blanket. <laughs> yes, but I mean, that was that worked for what it was. But like to do kind of like you said, like if we're going to do The Wizard of Oz, like how can you change it enough to make it different but still have the same feeling? I think The Force Awakens, for, by and large, did that. I know a lot of people panned it for being or feeling that way. So that's my like that would be my concern with it. Look, I, I love The Wizard of Oz. I hope that this version works. Yeah, I do. I don't love It's a Wonderful Life. It's fine. Yeah. Do you know why It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas classic? Have we talked about this? We probably have. Probably, but I, it, it, regale me. It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas classic because it was a movie, even though it did get a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars, mm-hmm. uh, bombed fucking hard. Yes. It was box office poison. Like, despite being nominated for awards, didn't get anything. And the only reason it's a Christmas classic is because it was so poorly received that it entered public domain because no one thought it was worth renewing the copyright. Oh, yes, I recall. And then it started getting played every Christmas because it was free. Not because they were like, we need to play this. It was just like, oh, here's a Christmas movie that doesn't cost us anything. And then it found new life. Yeah, so It's a Wonderful Life entered public domain, and then it started being shown every year in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and now it is what it is. Don't forget that every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Well, no one gave a shit before 1973, I think, is when it entered public domain. (laughs) Well, there you go. Which is quick, actually. Came out in the forties. Oh, <laughs> so only thirty years. Yeah. So it came out this week in a Blu-ray or a four uh, K release of uh, Stephen King's Thinner, or if you were in the movie, you would call it Thinner. Okay. Yes. Because of a gypsy curse, that's not me using a racial slur. That's what they say repeatedly in the book and movie. Uh, Stephen King apparently wanted John Candy to star in the role. John Candy, like, like as we all know, historically comedic actor. Hefty fellow. Yes. Uh, and the movie Thinner is based on a gypsy curse. Again, book, movie, not me. Call it Romani these days. Forces him to get thinner until there's a pie that you know does some stuff, and I'm not going to spoil it. But st- apparently Stephen King joked like, oh, I want John Candy this role, and maybe we'll save his life. Oh, by making him lose weight for it versus getting a skinny guy that they just put prosthetics on. Do you do you ultimately. know the the one kind of like the first serious role John Candy had and he was extremely nervous to be in it, but he crushed it. Cool Runnings. No. JFK, the Oliver Stone pick. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, the movie's okay. Yeah. It, it has I think it gets a better reputation than it deserves cuz that's a nonsense movie. <laughs> it's just a consp- it's a it's a uh, mishmash of conspiracy theories. Yeah. John Boyega has a new role, Star Wars own. He'll be playing a young Denzel Washington in a Book of Eli prequel show. Oh, a show. Did you see that movie? I did see that movie. Yeah, it's one of those movies I don't understand why there was a twist at the end. I'm like, didn't we all know what it was? Look, it came out in 2009. I'm just going to say it. The Book of Eli is the Bible. I think the and twist was that he was blind. No, I think we knew that. I think we knew he was blind, but it's like, what? what is this book he's carrying? It's the Bible. More importantly, and we all knew it. It's like, yeah, of course it's the Bible. Like we get like your weird religious thing with Mila Kunis. More, I think the the most impressive who looked way too hot for an apocalyptic wasteland. The most important, I think, the most unrealistic thing of all of that is the fact that he memorized the entire Bible. I just saw it once in theaters back when it came out. It was like, yeah, it's the Bible. I knew that two hours ago. Big reveal. Yeah. Also, like the safe um, haven was Alcatraz at the end. 
I don't even remember. So, yeah. Like I said, saw it once in theaters. But sure, John Boyega, he's going to be in a Book of Eli prequel for a... I remember when I saw it, I was like, well, this is pretty generic. I mean, it's okay. We're all heading towards an apocalyptic wasteland anyway, so might as well start memorizing your Braille Bibles. And this is following up on something that I brought up a few weeks ago with Reacher. Ooh, okay, yes. It was like, Reacher, he's a big gorilla of a man just punching people for justice. Okay. And I mentioned I, I was very fond of Robert Patrick going, uh, when asked who Sarah Connor was, going, I don't give a shit. T2 is Robert Patrick, the T-1000, you know, the liquid one. Yeah. I was like, ha, 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 funny reference. Apparently that line was written before Robert Patrick came on the show. Uh, he was replacing an actor who had to leave due to scheduling conflicts. And they had written that and they kind of forgot about it. And then they're like, should we do this? But I just love that it was an accident. Like they just, they already had the Sarah Connor thing. So it wasn't built for Robert Patrick. It was just already there. And it was just a very funny reference. It's like, I appreciate you. And I appreciate that you left it. Just fucking stick with it, my man. And that's the news. All right. I like it. All right. So we're going to go from the news to as we are talking uh, this week about the first Elseworlds story. We're going to be talking a little bit Elseworlds and weird comics facts. Mm. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. When I say the first Elseworlds story, as we're about to learn, it is the first considered Elseworlds story, although some people say like, hey, this happened before. For those not in the know, Elseworlds stories are uh, DC comics um, that focus on stories about characters not within the main continuity. The one we're talking about today, Gotham by Gaslight, is going to be like Batman in the Victorian era with Jack the Ripper. So obviously not like Bruce Wayne in the modern day. Mm. That's considered the first one. But some people will say that the first one happened in 1942 with Superman number 19. Uh, with Superman's cartoon hero. And what this is, is uh, Lois Lane goes to the theater to watch the uh, Fleischer cartoons, which I think we've probably talked about on the show, to try and identify Superman's identity. So that so that would exist outside of DC continuity in Superman number 19. Mm. That was reprinted in 1966. But yeah, sure, why not? It exists outside of continuity. I'm not going to say it is what it is, but like, Calling something an Elseworlds thing, that didn't happen until Gotham by Gaslight. That's okay. Like, All right. No one really gave a shit back in the 40s, like, what continuity was. I don't... I think in the 40s, they had pre more pressing issues, like the Nazis and World yeah. War II. Elseworlds titles did scale back, like, the official, like, license, because these were all printed, like, under Elseworlds. Like, they're, you know, the way, same way DC would print, like, Vertigo or something, or Wildstorm. Elseworlds was its own imprint. Uh, those got scaled back in 2003. Aside from Gotham by Gaslight, which is definitely one of the more famous ones, I would say the most uh, famous one is Superman Red Sun, where uh, instead of landing in Kansas, Superman lands in Russia. Well, that's not good for anybody except for the Russians. No. And there's even a Batman in there who wears a like ear flap, like fuzzy hat. Well, I mean, it's cold in Russia. Well, we don't. We never find out who he is, and I think Superman kills him. I haven't read it in a while. I think he kills him. But Superman or Batman definitely has a fuzzy hat with ear flaps, mm, like Red Dawn. <laughs> the remake? No, no, not the remake. The remake was awful. I saw that. I was like, wow, with Hemsworth. Yeah, it's true. It was a bad movie. Not a good one. All right, but there you go. There are your Elseworlds stories. Uh, Gotham by Gaslight, the first official one, but the first, like maybe kind of one, might have been in Superman number nineteen in nineteen forty-two. And then got reprinted in 66. Wow, look at you with your facts. Be excited, kids. All right, 
That's it. From Lois Lane watching the Max Fleischer cartoons in 1942 to Taylor Swift watching the Kansas City Chiefs, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. All right. Well, there we go. Welcome to the Jared Sports Reports. Hey, not a bad one. That was, you know what? It's congratulations. Uh, we'll start with the NFL. The NFC and AFC championship games are set. Sorry about your Packers. I know. Oh, that was close to a game. I, I almost won 22 bucks on a $5 bet. I was three points away. Well, sorry. Didn't work out well for you. No, it didn't. Uh, uh, Niners uh, get their win over the Packers. Uh, so they'll be advancing to the NFC Championship game to take on the Detroit Lions. I believe it's only the second time in franchise history they've been one win away from the Super Bowl. I know. I want the Lions to do it. I like, don't believe the Lions have actually ever been to a Super Bowl. Let me double check that. I, no, I don't think so. I, I'm almost certain. But I don't think there's a very – the list of teams who have not been to the Super Bowl is not – I think it's three teams. And I think they were one of them, I believe. Uh, let's see. Hold on. It's a fun underdog story, though, so I'm totally there. For like, yeah, let the Lions keep going. Well, I mean, they're not – I wouldn't say that they're really an underdog underdog because they have been near the top. They were a double-digit win team. Uh, there are four teams who have never played in a Super Bowl. The Cleveland Browns, that's not going to happen. They lost. The Jacksonville Jaguars, not active anymore. And the Houston Texans are the third team of that. They lost in the divisional round. And you've got the Detroit Lions. So uh, those are teams – actually, yeah. Yeah, four teams that have not played in a Super Bowl. So there you go. They are one win away if they can beat the 49ers, who are playing pretty good football right now, uh, coming off the bye. So that's your NFC Championship matchup. That'll be the later game. The early game is the AFC Championship. The Chiefs are back there. Here's an interesting stat. I think Mahomes has been the starter in uh, Kansas City for five years, I want to say. Five or six years. I think five. He's never not been to an AFC Championship game. Interesting. So, so the Chiefs are going to be taking on in that game the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens with their win in the divisional round. Uh, the Buffalo Bills again their their kryptonite happening to be uh, a field goal that missed wide right. Of course, if you may remember from the '90s, Scott Norwood missed one that would have won them a Super Bowl. Of course, didn't happen for them then. It's another year uh, in the off season, and their window's starting to close just a little oh, bit. Did you? I don't know if this has been announced. <laughs> To the public yet okay i don't really care well if um, you know it then it's kind of public well n- no because you scream nfl insider to me there is going to be a special about i forget who's hosting it i don't really care but the top uh, super bowl commercials ever what is your top super bowl commercial i definitely know what mine is oh ever ever i do you want to know mine yeah because it's an easy one bob dole's viagra commercial oh that was a good one there was the pepsi commercial yes his little blue friend and then he was doing backflips that was a great one (laughs) where it was a pepsi commercial but they played it up like it was viagra once it's by far my favorite super bowl commercial that's a really good one bob dole doing backflips over pepsi in relation to viagra man i can't think of like there's some been some really good all-timers. Some of the Bud and Bud Light ones have always been good. The Real Men of Genius ones that they would come out with those right around fun, this. Yeah. Those were fun. The Was Up guys, the Budweiser those are, Frogs. I mean, those are iconic. But Those I are mean, iconic. If but I, like, something I would want to rewatch, like those would grate on my ears versus if I'm going to watch Bob Dole do backflips over Pepsi. That's a good point. I'm going to have a good time Rest in that. peace, Bob. Rest in peace. <laughs> Not that I agree with much Bob Dole ever had well, to there's say. That, but, the classic know. Bob Dole joke when he was asked boxers or briefs, he goes, depends. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't remember that, oh. and I'm sad. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got those. I can't think of what my favorite, all-time favorite. Super, now maybe I'm going to jump down a rabbit hole of Super Bowl commercials later. Well, there's a special coming out. I don't know if it's been announced. i got to double-check that before I oh, put this out. Well, there you go. If, if not, hey, breaking news here on <laughs> no, the podcast. I'd, no, because I think that would get me in trouble. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Bob Noel. So you've got those things. Uh, Patriots interviewing head coaching candidates uh, last week uh, after, because we did the show on Tuesday or Wednesday. When do we do our show? Wednesday. Oh, so yeah. Gerard Mayo had had his introductory press conference, yeah, but he's yeah. had some more radio availability, some interesting things coming out of Patriots camp. One of the notable faces that was there for his introductory press conference was one Mac Jones, and a story has come out recently, which I take kind of with a grain of salt because Greg Bedard was the one who wrote it. There were Patriots players who were, quote, sick of Mac Jones's antics. And one of the players, which my guess would be like maybe like Bailey Zappi, is like, the dude has already cleaned his locker out. There's no hangers or anything. Like All the players clean all their lockers out at the end of the year. So then he's been, he's notoriously known for being around the facility all the time, working out, lifting. So we'll see the Patriots right now with the number three draft pick. Gerard Mayo playing some cat and mouse with the media, asked about what they plan to do with the number three pick. He said, we're going to draft the most important player or the best player at the most important position available. So people think that means quarterback. Some people think, well, maybe it's Joe Alt, the left tackle from Notre Dame. I still would like to see them go out and get Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three if he's available there. So Marvin. uh, some people have also speculated that <laughs> maybe they'll maybe they'll try and trade up uh, and spend a little capital to get the number one overall pick, so they can just make the pick and get the guy that they want, uh, which would take some doing because the Panthers have that pick from the Bears. So there's a lot going on there to try and make that happen. Also asked about bringing in talent and spending money, and the Patriots have been near the bottom quarter of the league, bottom you know bottom fifth of the league in cap spending. He said a thousand percent. We're going to burn some cash and bring in some talent. Uh, there's some big name free agents out there. Kirk Cousins is a free agent, but he's coming off Achilles injury. He might be a guy that they try and go out and get. He's got experience being in cold weather games. I mean, granted they play in a dome in Minnesota, but he's a experienced veteran quarterback that maybe you can bring him in and help uh, give some tutelage to a younger quarterback if you bring him in or if you end up keeping Mac Jones, which more and more I feel like might be likely that Mac stays in New England. Uh, really? Yeah, interesting. I, I, I assumed it, like he was definitely gone. Well, interesting. another interesting quote from Gerard Mayo, the Patriots head coach, which is weird to say it's not Bill Belichick, the Patriots head coach, but more on him in a second. He's had two interviews now with the Falcons. That's about it, really. There's some internal power struggles within the Falcons organization. Just like slap his dick on the table and be like, I'm Bill Belichick. And he's Interview got, over. He's got all eight rings on it. <laughs> Six oh, Patriots rings gross. and two. It's just like the ring video of him leaving that apartment house in Nantucket. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as I was saying, Gerard Mayo, when asked about Mac Jones and everything, he said, you know, Mac Jones owns some of it. Players' confidence, uh, confidences are fragile, but there's also some pieces of coaching that have to take accountability and responsibility for where that ended up. So things extremely interesting in Patriots land. Elsewhere, the Bruins back on the upswing doing fairly well. Uh, some big road wins for them. Interesting rumors that uh, maybe Patrice Bergeron might even come out of retirement. So that's an interesting uh, factoid right there. Mm. Quick update on my grill piece. Still where it was 16 hours ago. All right. There you go. <laughs> Just constantly checking. I don't blame you. It's like when you're trying to see if your fantasy trade went through or if your parlay is I think hitting. this is different. This is literally the thing I want most This in is your world. biggest <laughs> fantasy trade ever. <laughs> yeah. You're just waiting for the league to finalize approving it. So, 
says it's going to be here tomorrow. I'm like, I don't know how that happens. I think it's going to be Thursday. Were you the kind of kid that would go down and shake your presents under the tree to figure out what they were? Oh, 100%. Okay, so this is exactly the manifestation of that behavior right here. If you knew it was in a truck in Portland and you could drive down and get it, would you do it right now? I did that once. That is... Anyway, back to... Well, I can also... My wife can attest to like one night where I had a full freak out where I had art being shipped to me, which isn't even like this art, and it was going to a different state, got to our state... Went back to the previous state, and I had, like, a full-blown meltdown. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, anyhow. Anyway, Bruins on the upswing. They're playing well. Celtics doing well as well recently. Uh, lots of big scores in the NBA. One. Oh, my God. I, the NBA could just be talked about today. Like, we didn't even talk about the last week. We could just talk about today. Oh, yeah, because uh, finalists for the pool for um, Team USA Basketball were announced today. I mean, that... It's 41 players. That's a lot of players. We'll see what happens. 10% of them come from the Celtics, though. Big news today. Uh, Bucks coach Adrian Griffin was fired. Didn't he, even make it a half season. Well, he did. Just we're, over we're, a half season. Yes. Yeah, in his first year, literally number two in the East. But also, like, his and Giannis's relationship was very publicly documented to not be well. Strained? Yeah, more than a little. Terry Rozier traded to the Miami Heat. Ah. The Heat get off of Kyle Lowry, and, you know, the Heat is a good destination for Rozier, but also I want nothing good for the Heat, so fuck him. And Tristan Thompson was suspended for 25 games today uh, for taking essentially two different substances. Look, it's not, like, full-on, like, steroids, but he was suspended for uh, taking two different drugs, which are essentially performance-enhancing drugs, like make your body heal quicker or bulk up a little. And uh, one of my favorite tweets is like, yeah. Like, I guess all those, like, reports about, oh, it's weird that Tristan Thompson's doing well should have been a red flag. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but there we go. Tristan Thompson out for 25 games. Uh, those are three massive stories in one day, though. That is a massive That's story. That's just today. Yeah. And I saw a bunch of jokes being um, on, on the old social media saying, like, huh, Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick should apply for that Bucks coaching position. Yeah, why not, right? Although um, uh, nothing is official by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, all reporting is saying that uh, Doc Rivers is leading the pack in uh, possible replacements for Adrian Griffin, although they're going to have an interim head coach uh, who's one of the assistants. I like it. That's the NBA. That's the NBA? I mean, a lot more stuff, but you know. I that, think that's, to, that's literally Tuesday on the NBA. There we go. Oh, I think that's by good. the way, Joel Embiid uh, just scored 70 points last night. I forgot to mention that. He did. Breaking um, the uh, Philadelphia franchise record, uh, overtaking Wilt Chamberlain. Although, like, over, like that's just in Philly. Wilt still holds, holds the, the record yeah. for uh, 100. But what's crazy is that happened on the night that the, the second highest scoring night of all time uh, mm -hmm. on the anniversary of Kobe's 81. It's true. And also, Cat uh, scored like 40-something. I, I forget do you know where? Cat do you remember where Wilt's hundred point game took place? It's no. one of my favorite factoids. Hershey, Pennsylvania. Huh. There you go. And now everyone they have like a big scoring game. They have to recreate that photo. I'm like, eh, okay. no, no. There's only one Wilt. Slept with thirty thousand women. Hey, he was that guy in Conan the Barbarian. No, it was a Conan the Destroyer, right? Which one had him in it? It was the second Conan movie. It definitely wasn't the first. I haven't seen Conan the Destroyer in a long time. Mm. And I've never seen Red Sonia. I've seen parts of it. That was with uh, Bridget. Bridget Nielsen. Brigitte, yes. Brigitte, yes. Yeah. I, I corrected. All right. That's, that's sports. It. Yep. All right. We're going to move on from there. How's sporting? Hey, coming off of Marvel's What If, there I found a connection for a reason to do this, even though I just kind of wanted to. Okay. That's fine. There we go. Coming off of Marvel's What If. Well, what if DC did a What If? And what if they called it Elseworlds? And what if it was Batman and he had to fight Jack the Ripper? Well, it's time for Jared's Reading Corner. 
Jared's Reading Corner. Gather around, kids, for a wholesome tale of slashers and death and Victorian ages where they had gaslit lamps and steamboats to carry them across the Atlantic. And Well, let's go back to the beginning. Did you read the introduction? I did not read the introduction. Well, I read the introduction, and it was very helpful for content in this podcast. Have you ever been to London and walked the Jack the Ripper tour? I've never been to London. Oh, see, I have. No, I've walked and stood in the places where Jack the Ripper committed those terrible crimes. Okay. Yeah, against... Against hardworking women of Victorian England. <laughs> you know, this is a sex positive show. You want to do that, you you earn your money however you want. Syphilis is a hell of a thing. Safely, if you can. Yes, please. As I would say for any job that anyone has. Yeah. I'm at a very low risk of physical injury at my job because it's just I'm on my computer at home. You're going to get carpal tunnel. <laughs> but you're also going to get carpal tunnel from the other activities that you engage in during the day. Gotham by Gaslight. So this was coming out of a DC editor at the time, Mark Wade, who is also a very uh, prolific writer uh, for Marvel and DC, I think I probably when I think about Mark Wade, I think about his um, '90s run with the Flash with Wally West. Um, but you know, there's talk about DC. It's like we got to find a story. We got to find something fresh to do. And um, Brian Augustine was like, "Well, what if we did a story about Batman and the 1800s, and he's fighting Jack the Ripper?" And Mark Wade was like, "Great, we're gonna do that." And they're like, all right, who are we going to get for this book? And they were talking, and um, they were trying to find an artist, thinking and thinking, and um, they said, literally, uh, also, if you read the introduction to this book, um, the graphic novel reading from has collected all of the, like, this Batman, the Gotham by Gaslight Batman, and, like, this series, a sequel series, Countdown from, like, 2007, which, yuck, Countdown, I hate that series so much, mm. um, and a Shazam story that's kind of like, why is this character here? Whatever. That's not the point. Yeah. We're, we're just talking about the first one, and but, like, Mark Wade and Brian Augustine are talking, and Mike Mignola's walking down the hall, like, hey, Mike, do you want to do this book? He's like, no, I got a Wolverine book to do, and they start talking, he's, like, saying, well, I want to do this, like, well, we should... It should be like this and this and this. And he goes, crap, I'm doing this book, aren't I? And Mike Mignola, if you don't recognize the name, uh, he's best known for being the uh, writer and artist on Hellboy. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, <laughs> look, this is this is not a hawk take because uh, basically everyone feels this way. I love Mike Mignola's art. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like, you know, the price of art and art collecting earlier. If you want to get anything from Mignola, it is going to cost you an arm and a leg, even if it's just a sketch that he took 90 seconds to do. Like, everything, like, people love his art, and I am no exception. Like, he has a very specific stylized look, like, heavy shadows, very specific lines, mm-hmm. and I fucking love his stuff. And he is a perfect fit for Batman. I love his work on Batman so much, and it really, really shines in this. And, like, Brian Augustine is a great writer. I'm... I'm not trying to take away anything from him, but like in my like Mike Mignola for me is like a superstar. Yeah. And like seeing his work on Batman, like doing this and knowing that like, you know, Mark Wade is um like behind it and Brian Augustine. It's just like this wonderful, fucking perfect combination of people. By the way, I'm gonna get actually I'm not gonna say entirely positive things about this, but I'm gonna give this like a ninety percent. Okay. Anyway. Um I from you know, you start. I will I will interject because I have a point pretty quick to make. All right. So our our hero, Bruce, is hanging out in Victorian London. He's talking to some doctor. We Of course, we get the- I'm sorry, some doctor? It's Sigmund Freud. <laughs> well, whatever. You know, close enough. You know, some doctor. Definitely not a famous guy. Yeah, well, I mean, he had sex on the mind. 
But so, it, hey, I mean, sometimes the scar is just a scar, baby. It's a good point. Also, by the way, I mean, it makes sense. He's having problems, you know, visioning his mother. We get the uh, the obligatory, perfunctory backstory of him seeing his parents killed in front of his very face back in the day. But he's like, oh, it's time to go home back to Gotham City. And Sigmund Freud's like, oh, you really have to go? He's like, yes, I'm leaving. So he gets on a big Atlantic steamer and runs into his uncle, Jacob Packer. Not like a blood uncle. Like, he calls like, him Uncle Jake. Like, yeah. He goes, oh, Uncle Jake, aren't, aren't you concerned about these murders that happened in England? He's like, nah. No. And at that point, and this is where I have to kind of back off. Of you this. immediately knew at that point? Well, no, my immediate thought was, because I haven't read this book before. This is one of those ones that's been on my like to read list for years, and I had never done yeah. it. So I was excited to read it, and I went, oh, Uncle Jake from England. Well, that's way too obvious, so it has to be something else. And then, no, it's just him. Yeah. And I had to go. Well, this was the very first one, so I got to give that a lot, like, give them a lot of leeway in that area because my reaction was like, well, it couldn't, like, there has to be a twist because this is way too obvious. But I was obli- I was oblivious to it in the moment, so. Really? Yes, I was. But I was like, it's never been done before. That's, I had kind of back to like, well, they have, you know, first go around, like, it's okay to have, you know, Uncle Jack from England who's like, well, I just have well, my Uncle knives. Jake, Uncle Jake. Yes, Jake. Sorry. He's like, I have my knives in my pocket. Would you call Not that, for murdering women, certainly. Would you call that a Freudian slip that you call them Uncle Jack? Bringing no. back Sigmund Freud. Yes. Anyway, he returns to uh, America, gets to Gotham. And of course, we have Alfred. And he's talking about it's time to make things happen. And of course, somehow he has a... He's been away for five years, and he has a bat suit that Alfred has made him from Victorian-type things. I love this suit. Um, <coughs> this is something that like we see in the live-action versions, like where you always get mm. to see Batman's eyes. But usually in the comics, it's like some kind of like white slit or something. But this is yeah. just like, no, it's just like a guy with a leather thing over his face, and he has like a four-inch window in every eye. <laughs> is it like the gimp from uh, no. Pulp Fiction? Okay, just checking. Anyway, as I was saying, he ends up meeting, uh, stopping in to see Commissioner Gordon, who looks a lot like Teddy Roosevelt in this, by the way. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I was like, shit, is that Teddy Roosevelt as the commissioner of Gotham? No, no. No, it's just uh, Commissioner Gordon. But he talks about a guy who had drank some of poison because he'd been poisoning people and has a weird grin. He's like, oh, look, it's the Joker. I'm sure that'll come back at some point in this else world where it's Gotham by Gaslight. But they end up having a party. I love that title, too. But just... Oh, yeah, it works. What a great, great alliteration. Oh, I, just Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. Just perfect fucking title. Just Dude. absolute A-plus nailed it. Could you imagine what it was like living in Victorian times? Like, just... No, it sounds awful. It sounds horrific. You know what I like? Plumbing. I like electricity. <laughs> I like that, too. <laughs> yeah. Not living in poverty. Well, I don't know what that's like, but... <laughs> Anyhow, uh, there's a party at Wayne Manor. Uh, is it called Wayne Manor? I can't remember. And Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately for Bruce, somebody has planted, oh, oh, skipping up over the part where there have been horrific murders and similar to the Jack the Ripper, and everyone's like, Jack the Ripper's here in Gotham, oh no! And Bruce is like, Uncle Jake, how could this happen? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. And then somehow Jack the Ripper's knife and glove and very damning evidence has made its way into Wayne Manor and turned in, and Bruce, well, he doesn't do well in the trial. In fact, he loses. Yeah, he goes to prison. <laughs> he goes to prison, and he's going to be hung. You know, problems. Yeah, not good. Not looking good for Bruce. <laughs> not one bit. However, for whatever reason, Commissioner Gordon brings him the entire case file. He has no reason to believe yeah, that he's, he's not. He's like, touch, touch, I will give you everything. <laughs> yes. And inside Bruce's cell, which, by the way, like would screw any chance for a retrial because he has tainted all the evidence now. 
But anyway, he kind of starts to piece together that, well, he obviously knows it's not him, and he's trying to figure out who indeed is this person. He gets Alfred to spring him from prison. Good for him. And he tracks down the murderous Jack the Ripper, who is oh, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Jake. Jake. What What are the chances that murderer from England who came over at the same time Bruce did happens to be the murderer? Yes. And that's why we have never found out who Jack the Ripper was in real life is because Batman beat the shit out of him. Yes. And then, um, then he gets shot dead by the cops. Yeah. And then nobody ever explains that Bruce left prison and how did he get back in prison, especially when he had a big giant gash across his chest when he got slashed by Jack the Ripper. Batman. Yeah, but then he has to go back to jail and he's probably got blood going through his prison shirt. There was an an animated adaptation of this story. Yeah. And as some of these adaptations do, like Hush, and I can't think of another one off the top of my head, a a number of these, I haven't seen all of them, a number of them will take uh, some pretty big deviations uh, Gotham by Gaslight does the same thing. There, I think it's still on Max. You can find it. It is completely different. Not completely. That that's too strong of a word. It is takes the same premise and does very different stuff with it. Yes, I would say so. Well, you haven't seen it, so <laughs> no. I'm I'm taking. You know what? You're right. I'm. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't like. There's a. I don't know if she's a nurse. Whatever her job is, like woman who takes blood, and every a time. Every time I see her, she's always asked, like, my last name. She's like, oh, are you related to so-and-so? And And every time I go, no. Like, this has been a years-long thing at this point. because Consistency matters. You know, she has, you know, many conversations with people. And she goes, oh, well, you kind of look like him, you know? And I just went, no, not really. (laughs) Because I don't. I don't know that. No. I don't know what this other... And then she goes, eh, it's probably for the best. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah. All right, great. There you go. (laughs) So there's that. It was just a weird... She's like, well, you kind of look like him, you know? Like, I don't. I don't know that. No. Why would I know that? I have no idea who this person is. Do you enjoy having a doppelganger? I had one of those in Jersey. Wow. Poor bastard. Can't imagine what it's like to be that ugly. <laughs> uh, and I was in a relatively famous spot. Maybe East Coast people, maybe everyone. There's a score, uh, store called uh, Princeton Record Exchange. They have a very specific yellow bag. Asbury you, Park? No. Oh. When you leave there, they have a... It's pretty well known. Some people definitely like, oh, I know what you're talking about. And a lot of people would be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But very famous location. I was in there one day and I'm looking at stuff. And mm-hmm. I could tell that like the staff was definitely talking about me. It's like kind of looking at me, but I'm still like, well, what's going on? So I'm looking through stuff. And this girl comes up to me. She's like, uh, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. She's like, can I take your photo? You look exactly like my brother. I'm like, sure. Takes a photo. I'm back in there three weeks later, a month later, whatever the hell. Girl comes up to me again. She works there, and she's like, "Oh, hey, I showed that photo to my mom, and she went, oh, that's a great photo of whatever this yeah. person.' Like, literally, the mother didn't realize I was a different person. It's <laughs> like that's crazy. If I were her, I would have said, "I know, right?" And then I would have had that picture framed and hung in the house, and then see if he noticed. Like, oh, I never seen that picture of me before. Did I get more handsome? Highly unlikely. <laughs> You're like, wow, I've never looked worse in my life. It was just or better. I'd say better. You know when you're like in a room though, and like, and you can tell people are talking about you, and you're just like, I don't know. That's called paranoia, Zach. Well, they were. <laughs> that's called severe paranoia. <laughs> Being correct. Oh, so that's what paranoia really but, is. But also, I mean, that was like flip phone era, so it's like you know, it wasn't like the clearest photo in the world. Oh, those pictures, the pixelated ones. <laughs> it's a very foreboding thing you just said. Like, yeah, I sent a lot of dick pics that way. No, not with a flip phone. Uh, but Gotham by Gaslight, it's... That was funny. Come on. It's very obvious, but I give it a lot of leeway for being the first one. And just, you know, having a, 
a really good writer and you know even the way the intro starts he's like you know this mm-hmm. book's been out since 89 and it's never not been in print so that's pretty yeah. good no and i agree very like, good that that is quite a claim to fame a lot of the other like superman red sun is definitely up there for like ones that get repeated who was that was that um that was uh, mark millar i think uh, for the writer, I forget who did the art on it. Yeah. But it's definitely up there with like your Elseworld stories. But you have Mike Mignola on Batman, and you are never going to go wrong with Mike Mignola on Batman. Like, there's some people like that. Like, you want to throw, like, um, I don't know, like Kelly Jones on that list or like Greg Capullo or whoever the fuck you want. Like, but there are some people who, like, you put them on that title and you're like, oh, yeah, like, I can't wait to read this. And this is definitely one of those ones, even though it's, um, it's kind of a basic story and it's obvious, but. I, I think that's all pretty forgivable, and it still kind of stands out as good in my eyes. Mm, good. This actually made me think of something I had saw on Twitter, which I'm surprised wasn't part of the news. DC announced it, because I think when you look back at like uh, a book series we read earlier in the running of the show, it was like a small part of it. Um, Sandman Remastered. Did you see that? No, but I mean, they've been reprinting Sandman books for... Yeah, they're doing some sort of special thing with it, though. They're calling it like Sandman Remastered. Look, I broke news on the show. I don't, wasn't really I, broken. I don't look at that, because I'm literally buying them reprinting the Sandman book, so we'll see what that yeah. means. Well, there you go. Anyway, that's that. So, unless you have something else to say about Gotham by Gaslight. No, I don't have anything else to say about it. It's fucking good. Yeah, it's very good. More it was entertaining. Yet. All right, we went up there. To letters. To the editors. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always death. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Hey, if you want to ask us your own questions, you can send them into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com, although I am taking over this week. Sometimes I do that. Mm-hmm. But also, please send us your questions. I would appreciate them. Uh, mostly because I am caught up on the hopeful, hopeful, and I think we might have even talked about this once before, but I don't care. My hope of my grail piece showing up in good condition, all that bullshit. Mm. So my question for you. you okay. Um, you're not really a collector of anything. I have a collection of beer glasses and some sports memorabilia. I have a couple of autograph things. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked. Yeah. Because I've talked. Like, I don't. There's stuff I don't consider. Like, I don't really consider myself like a graphic novel collector, even though I have a ton of them. I um, used to collect mugs, too. But then I just kind of ran out of room and like, they started breaking and things like that. And but. We, yeah. We definitely talked about this. Because I also have, like, I like to go to... Um, wouldn't uh, go on trips i like to buy shot glasses um, yeah the the stupidest novelty shot glass that i can find mm-hmm. like the big boobed one yeah the big boobed one like mm. does it have a thong on the back side of it too or is it just a big set of cans <sighs> i'd have to look at its ass oh. I, I think it's just um the the big knockers up front mm. some chest cannons um, or if you like would. <laughs> or you know like the stupid um like boot shot like i like yeah. to buy i like to buy a stupid shot glass but i, I can i don't consider that to be a i've drank out of most of your stupid shot glasses too yes, by the way. I, I love to present the stupidest ones yes there's a skull i have a bunch of dumb ones mm, yes so my question for you uh would be for a collection for something you would want mm-hmm. what would be your grail piece oh wow that's such a good question. Where's around the high of my grail piece on its way? <laughs> I can't believe I'm fucking getting it. Well, some of the things I would want are almost imp- like they would be impossible to get. That's not the point of this. They, like, I mean, my grail piece was, again, I thought it might have been junked, mm-hmm. although it was thankfully affordable. Yeah. That didn't, that didn't change what it was. Like, in my mind, the price of it was not the thing. The thing of it was the thing. It just happened to be within my price range. Also, I should tell you, um, my birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks. It is. And my wife went, well, happy birthday. And I, my response was, 
if this showed up in August, I was going to buy it. She goes, yeah, I know, but it works out well for me. It does. It works out perfectly <laughs> for her. I would say if if it were no object at all to get it, a game-worn Tom Brady jersey would be fantastic to have like in a case or any kind of game-worn like jersey. Um, when I was working at Sunday River back in another lifetime a long time ago, we had a signed David Ortiz game-worn jersey hanging up in the office. That's cool. Or a game-used football like that was from like a significant catch. One thing I want to investigate, because this is something else that's been recently happening, they're replacing the field turf at Gillette. I'm curious to know if they like saved pieces of that to be sold i would definitely buy a piece of the old oh yeah like guess, turf um, yeah like the old boston garden like like they, a piece of the old parquet floor yeah they released those on like snowboards <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't really need to do that that's kind of a crazy thing yeah <laughs> to put like the parquet floor on a snowboard but i think something along those lines like a game worn jersey it wouldn't have to be necessarily a brady jersey but no, any no, kind no. of this is the point this is a grail piece yeah you take logic out of it if you were to say like this would be the thing. Oh, it would definitely be it would definitely be some game worn kind of, you know, game memorabilia from a so, Patriots. So player. you're even backing down like so let's say a Brady jersey from a Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. Well, I know that's why I'm saying so like the this one is the I point want of the grail. This is the point of a grail piece. It doesn't have to be attainable. Throw attainable out of your mind. Like not yeah. something you could potentially get. Like mine was Luckily obtainable. That, but that's not why I considered it my grail piece. Yeah. What? No price. No money. No whatever the fuck. One thing. All right. It doesn't have to be realistic at all. Not realistic. I would probably want the first Super Bowl trophy, the the first Lombardi trophy, the Patriots won. I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly what happened. It was also the first time I purchased anything online. Uh, I was with my family. I was a junior in high school, and we were at a because it was on Fox. And we didn't have cable, and we couldn't get Fox, so we went down to this establishment called the Broken Putter. It was the golf pub uh, right there in uh, in Pittsfield, where I grew up at JW Parks Golf Course. And we watched the game there, watched them win on a big one of those old big box screen oh, yeah. TVs, and then got home that night and uh, went on the internet. You say that no, that's still the TV my parents have. Hey, nothing wrong with the <laughs> rear projection television, my friend. Except for it takes six six people to lift it and move it, but still. Uh, and went home that night, and the first time we ever, as a family, purchased anything off the internet, we bought the t-shirt and the hat for me, because we were like, this is never going to happen again. Wrong! <laughs> Wrong! But like that would be a holy grail item, but I would, a more realistic grail item would be like a game-worn Patriots jersey. You know, hopefully like it would be like a Tom Brady one, but that's never going to happen. Um, I mean, you don't know. Like but they do, there are like... I've been in sports memorabilia shops. There are like signed helmets, and there are some signed things well, out I mean, there that I, you could get. You but. know, I, I mean, I clearly didn't win. This is going back years, but like you know, I put you know some money down to try and win an auction for a Brady signed jersey for you. That's true, you did. So they're not like they're not impossible. No, it's like he played a lot of games. Like there's a lot of jerseys out true. there. So yeah, something along those lines, I think, would be kind of like a grail piece, or like an Edelman, a significant, or like a Gronk. yeah, like a significant piece of like some Patriots memorabilia. Yeah, I think it would be that, or which I should probably do some investigation. And if you can, if they're selling, of course, it'd be hard to tell, like if it's like really like the game used turf from Gillette. But I would certainly be willing to buy a piece of that. I think that'd be kind of a cool thing to have as well. So definitely, some sort of Patriots memorabilia would certainly be on that grail list of things that i'd like to get i mean that's why i like arts like i love having because i mean even if you buy rare comics if you buy like super pricey stuff at the end of the day that's not the only one i mean sometimes it is 
Could I, I say I, I'd like to have the Declaration of Independence? Yes, yeah, <laughs> like I've like I've seen like um, I've even held it in my hands. Like the craziest like Ninja Turtles piece of memorabilia I had. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the um the proof for issue one. So not like the printings that were like the three thousand books. I saw the proof that was printed. I've held it in my hands. Like it literally like the cover page is just like written in pencil, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, just to like see that it was like ready to get printed. Like I've held that in my hands. Mm. Like that'd be crazy. I can't believe I held that in my hands. I did. But like that's why I like comic arts. Excuse it's me. like for as much as I could buy Ninja Turtles number one for a fuck ton of money. And I do not have a number one. I have a fourth printing and a fifth printing. I will I'll um, say this. But Go ahead. Okay, um, yeah, but, fine. but why I like comic art is like, this is a one for one. This is a unique thing. This is a part of like the history. This is like, I like seeing the creative process. I like getting to hold it. I like getting to look at it, but it's like, no one else has this. I have this. And that's why I like, I mean, I like comic art cause I like to fucking look at it and it's cool yeah. and awesome. But like, there's something about it where it's just like, this is unique. No one else has this in the world, and I like that I have this. I will. I'll tell one last. I mean, it was kind of a longer show, but I'm going to tell this story. Something. Talking about talking about a Grail item again. This goes back to when I was working at Sunday River. Um, Which, uh, for those not here, it's a uh, that is a ski mountain. It's a ski resort in Maine, uh, and I was the mountain reporter for two years. So I got essentially I had one of the best jobs in the whole world. I got to ski, take pictures, and write about it, uh, and get paid to do it. So which most of that money went back to the local ski bars. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> So it was my second year at Sunday River, and I had, uh, in a previous, previous life, worked in sports radio and had made a connection with a guy who was the keeper. Uh, his job was to take care of the World Series trophy, so they would bring them out and, and show them. And this is um, after they had won in 07. I had had my picture taken with the one after they had won in 04. I was still in, I was in college for those two, but I recall this day very distinctly. I knew the guy, and he remembered me. Because he came into the office. Our office was on the third floor of the the main base lodge. And, um, you know, he said, hey, can, you know, a couple of us in the marketing department, because that's really the marketing communications department. He said, can you come down and, you know, we need some people to help bring some stuff in. We're like, sure. So we go out into the parking lot. Uh, he opens up the back uh, of his vehicle, hands a hard case uh, to my coworker, my friend Katie, and then hands me a velour bag. And he says, be careful. And he handed it to me and I said, oh, four, oh, seven. He's like, you have oh, four. So I got to hold and I have a picture. Of I, me remember, holding I remember these photos. The yeah. 2004, the World Series trophy that broke the curse. I got to hold that. That's probably as close to a grail moment as I'm ever going to get. And it was it was unbelievable. First of all, that it wasn't in the hard case. It was in the velour bag. But but just knowing what it was and then saying, Oh four, oh seven. He said, "You have oh four. I remember those photos. So you're, you're smiling like, "Oh an idiot. my god!" <laughs> I mean, when you think about being a New England sports fan and and like growing up, and you know, I used to be a rabid, rabid Red Sox fan, and and kind of have fallen off the bandwagon a little bit. I mean, I, baseball I still, is boring. Well, I mean, it's not as. I mean, this year was more exciting with the pitch clock and everything. But to just to think about how often you get to interact or hold history, and the fact that I was holding history that was so important to so many people in our region and that were sports fans. And it was just, it was wild to be able to touch it and to hold it and to get my picture taken with it. Unbelievable time. So I I would say that was probably as close to a grail moment as I'm going to get with sports memorabilia. I don't, I would, I would probably cry if I ever got to touch, let alone hold a Lombardi trophy. 
The only Bobby Kraft, Mr. Kraft, Thunder, as Gerard Mayo calls you. If you're if you're listening, if you're a subscriber, hopefully you're a Patreon. But uh, if you're listening at Junior Rich on on Twitter X, let me know. I'll I, hold it. The only piece of history. I mean, I I have some pricey pieces. This is like not my priciest one by quite a large margin. I have the first. Uh, this is going, it's not even that old. It's 2015. The first time um, Batman and the Ninja Turtles like met. Like, oh um, yeah, in, I remember that. It was like I got that bad boy. Wasn't cheap, but not like the most expensive thing in the world either. Awesome. But to follow up, if I were to have a grail piece at this point, would be to get the cover of the issue. Yeah. Um, my first issue. Now that I have uh, the best page. Well, you give a guy a grail, he wants the whole set. Well, three down, twenty-two, and a cover to go. Ah, all right. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. Well, if you enjoyed the show, go to patreon.com slash editors no comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it, which is typically Tuesdays, as long as I don't screw it up in the future. <laughs> uh, but you get the day of the show we record it. You get the show the day we record it. Plus, you get access to things behind the paywall, such as the Buffy back issue bin and Pod to the Dark Tower, which is a retrospective on all things Stephen King's Dark Tower series. Again, ho, ho, ho. oh wait, is there an episode coming? Well, that's not what I was talking about. No, oh. uh, my my page has left its uh, most recent FedEx location. Oh, since the last time I checked. <laughs> oh, good. All right. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, well, how the tides of turning have turned. <laughs> not that I'm uh, not checking constantly. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so yeah, you can also um, interact. Come on, the, baby! Interact with the show. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Email us editorsnotecomics at gmail.com and you can interact with interact with us on the socials. Uh, you can find Zach. Just look up Editors Note Comics. It's like at Ed Note Comics. It doesn't really say. I don't. But, that's how long the characters allowed me to do it. It's and true. you're there doing your own thing at Junior Rich. I'll be back Which next. Today's week. tweet was how refreshing it was to not find a used Zin pouch in the urinal in the school bathroom. I don't know what that is. It's like a little nicotine pillow. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, Zin. Next week, uh, we will be talking Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Revolution, all five episodes. That's oh, the whole series. I got to get Netflix. Do you not have Netflix? I had it, and I got to talk to my uncle about re-getting it. Oops. I got it. That's fine. Okay. Not a big deal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just didn't think this was a problem. All right. Uh, next week. Yes. Netflix. <laughs> All right. I have the power. All right. Bye-bye.